pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. I feel like this is my key to getting more work, is to have a, an ugly-ass haircut. Is that... Oh. What's wrong? Just tell me what's wrong. This is what you wanted? Yeah, I like it. I don't think... I think it's... <laughs> oh, my God. You don't have any photo gigs, and yeah, that sucks. Just promise you'll try to go outside, take some photos, be inspired. Right, okay. Play? What? I didn't recognize you, man. Yeah, sorry, I have a new haircut that I'm... It looks cool. You look like a guy in a band. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Let's keep hanging out, man. Okay. Come on. Um, yeah, yeah. Want a beer? Hey, I know this is awkward, but I need you to leave. I can't leave. Um, what do you mean by this? What are you saying? What are you telling me? I think I'm dead. I think I'm a dead ghost. Dude, I know this sounds insane. Hey, man, let me ask you a question. You can't see me. I'm sorry. I don't really know what to do with myself. Maybe I'm here to help you, fix you in some way. There's nothing to fix here, man. I'm good. I've been following you around for a week now, man. You're a loser. Okay, well, I got an idea. What's wrong with you? Well, I just lied to my wife. I need to slowly work you into my life. Um, actually, yeah, that's right. Where are you guys going? Maybe I could just sit with you. I hate that you think I'm scared. You're haunting me like Casper the damn ghost. Casper is a friend! Okay, I'll admit that wasn't the best reference. But you gotta admit, on the scale of scary shit that's going on right now, this isn't that bad. Thanks, pal. Whoa, what's your soap? Stepped in a hole. But I'm already dead, so why am I afraid? But you're still scared. Yeah, isn't that weird? Hey, folks, welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this episode, I am talking with Clay Tatum and Whitmer Thomas all about their 2022 film, The Civil Dead. It is now out there and available, coming out on Blu-ray, and soon will be on streaming. Definitely check out Clay Tatum's website for more details. That's claytatum.com, C-L-A-Y-T-A-T-U-M.com. Hope you enjoy the interview. Can you tell me a little bit more about your backgrounds and especially how you two came together and how you met? We met when we were 11 in sixth grade and uh, it was all through skateboarding. We lived in South Alabama. It's like a part of town where everyone in our uh, school didn't discover Sublime until like they were in 12th grade. So it's like everyone's like culturally stunted uh, except for me and Wit. I think it's because we were into skating and maybe watching skate videos, you're introduced to new music or something. I don't know what it was, but we got lucky. We had big brothers too. 
So we uh, became friends through skating and then started working creatively together very soon after. We started a punk band when we were like 11, 12, and that's when we first like started working creatively together. Um, and then we did that all of high schools too until we got absolutely burnt out on music and then slowly started making uh, videos. What was your inspiration for that? How did you decide to switch from music to videos? We were making skate videos, which is like really popular in skateboarding. At one point, me and Wit injured ourselves skating to where we, you know, we just absolutely couldn't skate anymore. But I was really into, you know, filming stuff and editing stuff, and I still wanted to do that. And we were also like really into like um, comedy at the time. I think um, Lonely Island was like the was like is before they were on SNL. They had a pilot that and videos and stuff that you could watch on some website. We'd watch a lot of those types of things and try to basically just do cookie cutter copycat versions of whatever those those guys and, and their peers were doing. And then um, I moved out to L.A. and Clay went to film school and then he came out like a year later and dropped out and moved to L.A. with Wit to make movies. And um, we were in L.A. for, what, 16 years until we made our first movie? Not quite. I mean... But yeah, it took us a long time to make a feature. We we eventually started doing comedy together, live comedy with our, our sketch group, Power Violence. And then we were making sketches through that. And then I, I was doing stand-up and eventually started making a lot of short films. The, the sketches sort of evolved into short films. And then we had written features in the past that could never get off the ground. And uh, by the time Mike Marasco offered us... 30 grand i think to to make the civil dead we were like oh yeah we could do that because we made a bunch of short films for like for 800 bucks or whatever we just thought oh yeah anytime we had a good tax return we would always turn that money into a short film and we just learned how to make them really really cheap and um have you know make something where you can pay the crew but also not spend that much money we definitely save money on actors since you guys are acting in all of your stuff oh i mean we save money Editing the the dang thing, because that doesn't cost a dime, and acting and all that. So where did the idea for The Civil Dead come from? I wanted to make a movie during the pandemic, and I was trying to think of ways to do it in a very limited way. And the idea of uh, a, a ghost haunting me, but in the most, most pathetic way, was very funny. And it seemed like a good idea to be like, oh, it makes sense that only it would be only mean wit because he's a ghost and i don't want to be talking to a ghost out in public so it would be the perfect pandemic movie during the pandemic so i was having like 50 ideas a day and with no plans of ever making them and eventually an old friend from film school called me and was trying to get into the film business and he saw a short film i made called home and he asked me how much i paid for that and i was like oh it's like an 800 short and it was like 20 minutes long and he was surprised that I made something for so cheap for that was very was long and it looked good. Um, so he offered thirty thousand dollars, and I was like, "Oh, this is perfect!" So I just grabbed one of the ideas I had that was not written at all; it was just an idea, and I pitched it to Wit. And then me and him started writing it, and we wrote it like November twenty twenty, and shot the movie in March twenty twenty one. So was thirty thousand enough, or did you blow through that? Actually, the on the last day of shooting, we came in at twenty nine thousand. Wow! It felt endless because we had been making stuff for so cheap, and we shot it in our, in you know Clay's place and my place, and 
or just a long lens on the street. You know, we 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 were just kind of we we've all, I've made movies, other movies, been in movies, whatever, and always thought, why the hell does this cost so much money, and why is there so many moving parts to all this? This doesn't need to be so big. Just money's like really misspent and mishandled on in film production because I think people are trained to think there's only really one way you can do it. And Clay are dumbasses. We don't know anything, and uh, so we only know this one dumb way to make movies, and it just turns out to be really cheap. It's just use everything that you have, which is like our ourselves and our apartments. Really, just pay the crew. That's mainly where all of our money went. Um, just to have the the crew and actors pay. What were some of your biggest challenges going from something that I think what twenty minutes was that your longest short that you had made to a full feature length? I thought when me and Wit finally made a feature together, it would feel elevated and it would not feel like a short film. And shooting the movie, it felt like I was shooting a short film, but it was just taking two weeks to do it. Because we, you know, we're in a, we're shooting and there, there's only like three C stands around and it's just a limited crew. And it felt like we were making something that we were going to put on Vimeo a month later. It, there's only five people on set, crew wise. And, yeah, it really it wasn't that much different. It, it didn't feel, um, to be honest, it kind of felt in a way more liberating because we didn't have to think about it being short. <laughs> so we could take our time a little bit more in the scenes and stuff. With that said, we did shoot it relatively fast. We shot it in 13 days, which is a lot for an, an hour and 43 minutes movie. The first couple of days were kind of tough because me and Wit were trying to kind of figure out our flow and our characters a little bit. And once we kind of locked that in on like the third or fourth day, then it was like smooth sailing. Cause like me, me and Wit know the pattern that we're going to go into. And we started shooting a lot faster later on. Um, and we also knew that like, oh, I don't, we don't need to like set up a shot. Like in my shot list, we have a shot where I'm just running across the street. And I'm like, well, let's not shoot that now. Let's just like shoot that way down the line. Because we don't need a sound guy. So we actually got smarter too the more we shot. We were like, all right, let's not waste time shooting this. We can have that pickup day down the line. How did the haircut help your character? Oh, the haircut didn't really help my character. It really helped my acting. Because I had, I listened to a Thomas um, Lennon interview about Reno 911 years and years ago when it listed up with me. That in Reno 911, he gave himself really short shorts because it made him feel really stupid. And that actually like took away a lot of vanity and made him more freer as an actor. Um, and I wanted to try that out and I wanted to look dumb so I could be less self-conscious. And it absolutely worked. Um, I'm very scared about shooting a movie where I don't get to look absolutely stupid. Um, cause it might actually hurt my performance. Was that the stupidest you had ever looked on film? I think no. so to the stage. No. Well, no, no. I, you know, I did a thing called, um, uh, my, my buddy, Steve Smith, uh, made a adult swim, uh, infomercial type thing called Peggy where he, he, um, he made me look like a weird alien, like a pig alien type critter. And it was terrible to like sit in that makeup, but. When the cameras turned on and I had to act, it was the best. Um, it was my the probably my favorite time acting ever because what you already look like a damn fool, so you might as well just go off as much as you can and just be a real 
a weird, uh, a real weirdo. And it really, and um, I think that actually Piggy is actually the main inspiration for me wanting to have a dumb haircut in the movie. Tell me a little bit more about your crew. You said you only had five people on set, so that's you two, and then just three more, or were there five all, uh, seven altogether? It was me, Clay, often Clay's uh, wife, and our production designer Whitney Weir. Um, the gaffer Tanner was there probably fifty percent of the time, and Josh Hill. And then a sound person. So I, I'm not sure. And we also had Moses Goldfarb as yeah. a Moses Goldfarb was the assistant camera. And but people, all these people weren't always there at all times, you know. So, and then Mike uh, Marasco and Cassandra Baruch, they were, he, they were the producers. They were usually off set or driving around trying to figure out if we can, you know, doing doing all that stuff. Consistently, there was usually about five five or six people on set. And what was your post-production process like? Um, so the way we did this is that we knew that I was going to edit the movie. And what we did was we shot on the weekdays and edited a little bit on the weekends. Um, and that's not to really like start editing the movie. We started editing over the weekends just so we can like see what we're doing and kind of figuring out what works and what doesn't. And then um, that's going to help us like um, shoot the next week because we know what works and what what shots are taking a long time and um, I don't know it just helps a lot so all of 2021 mainly it was just you know I'm editing what's coming over watching scenes we're talking about stuff and um, figuring out what works what doesn't kind of just like took our time editing the movie Um, I think we had a a solid cut maybe in do you know what do you remember when we did our first screening or test screening we did our first screening Early friends, early June, I think. Yeah, so from March to June was when we assembled the whole first cut and um, got it to a place that we thought it was presentable to uh, just friends and people that we respected and tr- to get notes from. And then, did it premiere at Slam Dance last year? It premiered Slam Dance twenty twenty two. Yes. Um, so that was the official uh, premiere, and then it did a little festival run. Um, after all of 2022, how was was it received when it played? Um, it was it was weird because it was um, Slam Dance was still online um, that year. They were planning to be in person, but then Omicron came, and I think it canceled both Slam Dance and Sundance. And so it was you know it was hard to gauge because we didn't see people watching it. Um, people did like it. And it did win the audience award, which we were very shocked by, pleasantly surprised by. But in a lot of ways, more people probably saw it because it was online. Which yeah, which is, is great. great. Yeah, which I liked a lot. We've had good reception from the movie, which is great. Yeah, I remember the word of mouth was fantastic. And just people kept telling me, oh, you have to see this movie, you have to see this movie. So when I had my first opportunity, I jumped at the chance because I had heard it was right up my street. Oh, that's great. That's cool. That. I appreciate that. So it must be a little strange for you guys. So having made this movie in 2021, having a premiere early 2022, and then here we are 20, early 2023, and it's now coming out and available for folks. I mean, it, it, having a whole year like between and everything, you're just like, I mean, obviously you've got other projects that you're working on. I'm very curious how it is to to look back at this a year after it first started to get out to the public. 
it's cool. It just it really felt nonstop. Um, all of twenty twenty one, we were editing every day, and all of, most of twenty twenty two, we were traveling with the movie and showing it around and um, having the having just a lot of people watch it. It kind of went by very quickly. Yeah, it's been it's been it, it. I guess it has been a long time. It doesn't feel like it. No, and it's like you know, independent film. It's a, it's a different world these days. There's not. It's not like there's a ton of, you know. There's cool people who are excited to see it, but the hype and as far as like Hollywood goes, it's you know who knows until it comes out. Really, I don't think most suit type people even know about the movie yet. So, so it's not like we're taking a thousand meetings and what's what's next and stuff like that. We're just kind of hoping a lot of people go watch it and. And uh, are like it, you know. Well, I love that you guys are keeping that DIY aesthetic from when you're 11 years old to when you are now. And still just like, yeah, we're doing everything ourselves and just making this art. And so what? We're slowly realizing that's the only way things can get done, honestly. Yeah, you just got to do it yourself. That being said, if somebody wants to help us out, we'll take it. But the only way it's going to get made, I think, is if you just go, we got to do it ourselves. The movie has a good reception, and we and Wit truly believe if if we had the script of the Civil Dead, we passed it around. I think it no one would give it a dollar. Yeah, if we would have submitted the script in the same way that we have with our other movies that we've written, you know, people would have been like, "Whatever, I don't care about who are these guys." But we just made it, so worked out. Worked out. I mean, couldn't have worked out better if you asked me. So, what was that experience like when you guys finally did get to see it with an audience, and when was that? It was, uh, we had a friends screening, friends and crew screening about a year ago. It was a blast. It was great. I mean, we're lucky because we like to make comedies. So you you can just like, you can have a good gauge on what works and what doesn't. And so when anytime anyone laughs, it's a big relief. And so that's good. I couldn't imagine making a drama um, because you'll be at the whole screening having no clue if if it's landing or not. And that would that would drive me crazy. I saw letters to Iwo Jima with a, a group of probably forty World War II veterans, and they were crying. And I think I think that's how you know that um, that that movie is really killing. So, are you aiming to make people cry with your next one? Is that it? No, laugh. if we ever make a drama, we will be making people cry nonstop. Um, but until then, we're just going to be continue making dumb comedies about two dummies. When you would hear people laugh or when they wouldn't laugh, did you go back and re-edit things to make it funnier, to, to hit those laughs even more? Um, you really can't do that. It's Because the weird thing is, is we played it to a lot of audiences. We played it to people in the South. We played it to people like, um, you know, in the coastal areas um, and in big cities and whatever. And the people that live in big cities, the people that live in the South, they laugh at the polar opposite things. Um, there's certain gags in the movie, like there's one gag where uh, a guy points at a painting and it reveals that it looks like me because it is me, um, and that cut away, there's a certain cut that makes a lot of people laugh, and it, that joke lands really hard in the South, but doesn't land in the cities at all, and it's something that me and Wit can explain, and you can also not like take that, take in that information and do anything with it in the edit, unless you're trying to make an edit that's more suitable for Southern people or not. Well, in the South, people will laugh at the rhythm of a scene. They'll laugh at just the feeling of a scene, the way that me and Clay talk to each other, the way Robert Longstreet 
and says something. And in the more of the coastal towns, they'll they'll appreciate more like the written jokes, you know. The that's a lot of money about five G, that's a lot of money to pay someone to kill a dog, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, that doesn't land in the South at all. It's just different, you know. So you can't really edit it. Also, we don't got time or money to, or, or we can't pick, we can't shoot nothing else. It's kind of like we just shot that, and then there's that, there's the movie. Really, what we did for the screenings is like we actually had some scenes that me and Wit weren't like confident in, and we showed it to like directors that we liked, and we're like, you know, this sort of doesn't work for us, and we just want to know if it works for you guys. And they go, "Oh no, it doesn't work at all for us either." And that's when we were like, "All right, we need to cut this scene out and do a whole other scene." And that was never for comedy. It was only for story. Um, comedy is just like, it is what it is. But story, we would um, recon- take notes and maybe reshoot some stuff, which is what we did. That was like more early in the editing process. Yeah, it was super. Yeah, once we like showed it to a real crowd, it's like it, the movie's already made. Um, there's nothing I can tell you about. Well, what's next for you guys? What are you working on now? We're hoping to get uh, the mailman, the script that we've been trying to get made since 2016 we really want to get it made it's about a a band called the mailman two-piece punk band and and they pull schemes and eventually start uh dressing like mailmen and, and stealing from mailboxes around town and a quick way to describe it is it's two dummies being stupid which is going to be all of our movies from here on out yeah i'm so curious when you guys are working together and writing together one wit takes some type of jokes and and clays another or like how does that work or are you both just on the same same wave like the whole time i think we like we get in a we we start and like going like oh i have an idea for doing this like a scene that gets this across like um and then me and wit will just talk it out and us talking it out is basically what the writing is is we'll kind of banter and that banter will we would find something about that banter funny, and then we'll write it down and then put it in the script. It's a very organic way. There's not like, um, hey, I'll take this and you'll take that. It's kind of just like a a thing that we kind of talk out and um, figure out. And sometimes we'll do a pass and be like, let's try to make this scene dumber. Let's try to make like a, a very clear joke in this scene. We also like, we, we do think, talk about like, oh, we need like trailer moments. Things that, like, get the story across in simple terms because it's, like, the last thing me and Wit think of. Because uh, we, like, oh, we, like, we, you know, we the story is what it is and you'll figure it out. Um, and then making this movie, we actually did make a an effort being, like, all right, no, no, let's have one character just say the plot of the movie in, in, a, in, a, in a line that we so we can have that come across in, like, a trailer or something. It's the first time we've ever done that in a script is there a good place for people to keep up with you and with the movie uh at Wimmer thomas on twitter and at clay Tatum on twitter and that's our handle and instagram and all them things we just got our names yeah we didn't want to confuse anyone yeah, yeah. finally have the civil which has um our screenings too yeah yeah so you can see if it's playing in close to you or um if it's coming to your town soon or Clay and Wimmer, thank you so much for your time, guys. This was great talking with you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us, Mike. Yeah, yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. 